Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Eve Eurydice, and today we're just uh, entering Scorpio season, and my guest is Po Hong Yu. <laughs> uh, po is a triple Scorpio. She's an energetic healer, Taoist author, uh, embodiment spiritual healer. Um, she has uh, been everything from a stockbroker to an own meditation a franchisee. <laughs> um, so, uh, and she's currently um, running uh, two or three groups, COIN, VAP, and YIN. Um, and we're going to discuss the intersection of sex and money, um, which is where I think the patriarchy kind of like hits the deepest. Uh, I think that's like the groundwork, you know, the root of the patriarchy. So how can we move forward from it if we don't put it under the microscope? So welcome to the show, Po. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I do feel that the intersection of boundaries, of our boundaries, is where we are most fecund. It's also where we're most frightened, right? <laughs> and and also, it, it, you know, and another similar irony is that we are always our, our nature, our, our physical body, brute nature, but the closest we get to our nature, the more sick we feel. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Right. Sick, you mean? Is it like sick? Unwell, uncomfortable, right? Ah. Like, uh, whether it's, you know, sex or death or, or just bodily functions of any kind. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. a very uncomfortable place for most people, most right. humans. Right. And wait, why? You know, we have like cultured ourselves into, you know, something akin to like, you know, physical um, non-existence. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, instead of kind of like looking to get away from our body further and further, you know, like, for example, in a spaceship <laughs> going to like outer space, <laughs> <laughs> we might we might look for ways to reconcile with like nature um, you know, where our, our, our presence, you know, may be at risk precisely because we've gone so far from it, you know, from like our own sense of what we are before culture, before all of our constructs. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but yeah, sex and money, your, your realm of expertise, <laughs> um, is how we got Very here. Very scorpionic. Very scorpionic, <laughs> yeah. It's how we got here, I think, you know, because, the, you know, incentivizing kind of like, you know, the need for, uh, for knowledge, you know, is what money originally, I think, was invented for, you know. So basically, like, at the, at the very, very beginning of it all, <laughs> you know, we have um, the male and the female, the female has the procreative advantage in the sense that she conceives 
And at some point in our history, she more or less knows who the father is. And, <laughs> um, and I don't know when, uh, you know, it, it became kind of like obvious or intuitively clear to men that it's like one child per man. So that even if she slept with like 50 guys <laughs> in, in, in that month, there's still one father for the progeny. Um, but at some point, you know, men who had had this existential insecurity, because he was he's born without a womb and he has to go to woman <laughs> to kind of like you know have a genetic future, uh, to have a future, <laughs> um, realized that you know th 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 these kids might be his, and how does he access that knowledge? And, you know, from that kind of like hope to not be left outside from like the warmth of, you know, family <laughs> and, and life making, um, from, from that hope comes the fear of, will I ever know the truth? How do I know the truth? And then come all these different ways of, you know, of, you know, of controlling knowledge, of acquiring that ultimate knowledge, right? So whether it's, um, you know, taking a woman when she's a virgin before <laughs> she's in procreative, you know, age and, and, and trumping her basically until menopause, <laughs> or whether it is, you know, incentivizing her financially and paying her and marrying her and supporting her and protecting and whatever it is, you know, uh, so in exchange for that knowledge, <laughs> you know, for that guarantee that this, you know, that this baby is mine too. <laughs> I think that's where the entire construct of the patriarchy began, yeah. And as we have moved into the present moment, which I think is like more of post-patriarchy, you know, since like the invention of um, paternity testing and birth control, right, and artificial insemination, when we have separated actual sex from procreation and we've made it super easy and cheap for a guy to know whether or not he's, you know, he's the father. <laughs> so we have put an end to the existential reason of the patriarchy. So we're in post-patriarchy. So what remains is all the incentives. <laughs> what remains very strong is the financialization of this kind of like procreative exchange, right? Um, and that's where you come in. You know, it's a very complex, I think, <laughs> you know, knot um, of, of how the womb and and survival or wealth, you know, generational wealth or, um, you know, kind of like security are interwoven. So, yeah. <laughs> I really love your perspective because I never really, um, I know that's all true in regards to the history and patriarchy, um, but I don't usually look at it through that lens. So it's really lovely to hear your um, your take on it so I can see it from a different perspective because the work I do is so um, energetic-based and in the body and individual, even though obviously it's connected to the collective in every single way, right? So I really am appreciating 
listening to you hear, listening to you talk about it in that in that way. So tell us a little about the work you do. Um, so for me, in regards to money, it it it's connected to um, the lineage. So like kind of what you're talking about, like our ancestral and cultural cultural and collective energetics, how it's passed down and how it seeps into our system and how these stories, like money stories, let's call it, live in the psyche as well as the body. And um, even just from, you know, one experience as a child, I always like one of the assignments I always give is like, what is your first memory of money? Yeah, like something that you something so that could seem so insignificant, like that you haven't even thought about. But then I guide you into thinking about what that first thing is. It could be like five years old, right? Um, like, say you stole something, and then you got whipped or something because of that. What did that actually implant into you around what money means or the the power of money or the lack of or scarcity and things like that. So I, I help people follow those threads of, and then also really it's sensation based because so many people are so um, uncomfortable with the topic of money that they will do anything to get out of their body in order to not deal with money. And so a lot of the work we do is like staying in your body and feeling the emotions and sensations that live there in the discomfort of money yeah. in your life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and sex and money in particular, because they're both, you know, so uncomfortable. And, and I think we experience both, you know, like in a sense, you know, being Money, when it comes to like sexual transaction or exchange, I don't mean sex work at all. <laughs> I mean everyday life, you know, a dinner date or <laughs> whatever, you know, becomes both a turn on, a, 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 you know, an empowerment in the sense of I am liked and also a, a, a fear, you know, a turn off in the sense of what am I selling? <laughs> what am I giving away? <laughs> um, or you know, how much authenticity do I have left when there is, you know, even like $5 in, involved, right? So it, it, it all, you know, it, it's like such a complex layered construct that we sit on top of and it's not well balanced. <laughs> it's not at all firm. It's not at all stable, right? You know, money's energy comes and goes. So it makes us feel like insecure and wobbly the whole time. <laughs> um, and, and definitely I think that for children, um, it's a source of, you know, it's a sense of like uh, worthlessness, you know, and dependency. Because you don't have your own money, so whatever, whatever your narrative is and whatever your memories are, someone else, you know, is giving you money, or you're trying to steal money <laughs> from someone else, but you don't have it for so long, and so you already kind of we already like are raised um, understanding our powerlessness as our poverty, you know, because one of the main controls of 
parental authority and therefore patriarchy is the financial control, you know? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, for the first, like, whatever, 20 years of your life, on average, um, you're just dependent on, on someone else to finance your existence. That's like a disease already, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, never thought about that. I love that, though. Yes. Right. I mean, think what that does to your prefrontal lobe. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you hit it on the head with, because it's really like, what is your self-worth? You know, what is because I really believe the amount of self-worth reflects also the net worth in some senses. Like, I mean, not always in every case, but like a lot of the work I do is about increasing your havingness level meaning like your capacity to hold energy and abundance in your system. So we really focus on this frequency of prosperity and the, the, the possibility that everybody has connection to the spirit of money. It's very much a spiritual process and an emotional alchemical process and also a physical like material part too because that's real we have to learn how to manage money and things like that so it's not about bypassing you know the physical but we have to acknowledge the the spirit the energetic piece of money and um, how we feel about our worth if we can actually receive it because there's also people who have tons of money or can make lots of money but can't hold on to it and so that tells me, oh, there's a leakage. I work a lot with energetic leakages and like, how are you leaking this energy in your life in connection to how you feel about yourself underneath in the subconscious and in the pain body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I guess, part of what you call alchemy, right? Turning yes. one thing into another, Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's so fun for me because like the way I see the body and sensations and the pain body is like, um, it's like a game. It's like an adventure. There's so much in this unseen world that lives in the body. Like I see sensations as little fairies. Like they are always constantly communicating with us. Can we actually understand the language of the body and what it is saying, you know, and following through with that intuitive um, listening. Um, so, yeah, but that can, the alchemy can only happen when we like drop in into the body and feel those subtleties. Yeah. Yeah. Become conscious and, 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 and remove judgment, <laughs> which is one of the hardest parts. You know, it, I think it's, it's slightly easier to become conscious than it is to let go of, you know, self -jud inherited judgment, whether it's self-judgment or judgment of, you know, sexual or financial behavior. <laughs> um, and, you know, buying love. I mean, that alone is just such a huge part of, uh, you know, of our definition of 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 human connection. <laughs> that's an interesting, I love how you say it, like buying love is like, that's happened so often. Like in COIN, my, my membership, um, there's, so the victim consciousness triangle, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's like the victim, the perpetrator and the rescuer. And I see so often with women that they, um, like they can be in victim, but 
the rescuer is so prevalent. So this is like the martyr, right? Like somebody who is like, um, let's say, will over donate and give away money, not because it feels good to them or because it feels true in their body, but because they feel guilty for having um, wealth, let's say, right? So if you're giving something from guilt, then it's not, you're not giving from a place of true um, generosity of love, right? It's, it's different. You're giving from a place of scarcity. And so when we talk about wit, like women and with money, like it's, it really has a lot to do with this rescuer role. I noticed this pattern over and over again. It's fascinating actually. Yeah. Yeah. But as we were talking about like childhood, you know, the formative, the early formative years, right? So parents express love by, buying things and sometimes uh, show punishment by taking away things, right? So this kind of like buying of love is deeply ingrained. And I think that there are plenty of, of people who by themselves I cannot be convinced that they're lovable <laughs> if they're not, you know, paying for something. So even if they are being loved, they have no access of, uh, they, they can't access that unless they can pay for it. And then they feel that, well, the accounts are, you know, more fair. <laughs> right. You know? And, and again, I think it's like that, commerce based. Yeah. Commerce based. Yeah. You know, I'm yes, gonna, like I, I can't, I can't receive unless I give. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or I give to receive. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And, you know, or to be liked or to get, you know, respect or to, to, you know, somehow belong, you know, which again, I think like it's definitely related to the procreative difference, you know, which is for whatever reason right now in this brief moment, a taboo subject, <laughs> but, you know, anatomical difference as in sexual difference is not the same as like procreative potential or imperative, right? So you can have any sex organs <laughs> and have your, you know, procreative function be what it is. So like to me, you know, you can be a woman who procreatively is a father. You can be a man who procreatively is a mother. You know, they are very separate. We've separated, as I said, like procreation from sex and they're not like antithetical because, you know, Parenthood is like a transitional category. You go in it and then out of it. You know, you graduate from it and you resume like all your other identities and your, right, your love life. So it's not like a lifelong kind of identity that has to be gender bound. Um, but okay, that was that was a parenthesis. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. As, as you, you being a writer, I love that you emphasize parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but basically, I do think that it all comes from that, you know, original idea of the patriarchy. I will look after you, you know, if you share, you know, if you like have my kid or if you share the kid that you have and, may, you know, so like it's mine, you know, <laughs> choose my whatever, you know, momentary like insemination <laughs> to be the one that, you know, you carry forth in exchange I will support, right? I will finance, I will pay. So that's just so, you know, so fundamental, that idea, you know. Um, of, of, of 
of you know financial exchange for like love loyalty family you know um f- fidelity <laughs> trust you know all kinds of these like huge you know aspects of human um community and tribe that we all by nature you know by instinct look for and want all the time yeah so having grown out of the existential reason for it i think we're just completely <laughs> right now you know confused as to how to proceed like how much of it do we keep how much of it don't we keep you know um whether it's like marriage and divorce law <laughs> or reproductive law you know for example you know there is so much uh, conversation about money in it you know so like that type of like financial exchange for procreative um work you know not so much sex which is way underpaid <laughs> agreed yeah i mean um that is very much a foundational aspect still you know of our culture so um and it's and i think that's what makes money and intimacy money and sex money and transparency sex and transparency still so you know taboo um you know and awkward because that because we kind of like perpetuate the 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 appearance of it the practice of it the habit of it even though we don't really have to <laughs> yeah it lives it lives in the system and like you know you connected sex you know with money earlier and it's so true what i've seen is that women who are very disconnected from their sex and their pussy i call it pussy um my necklace says pussy magic i'm very proud um <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah um if i've noticed that when there's a disconnection in that area or when people reconnect with that part of them there's this whole thing that opens around money you know because it's all connected energetically anyway and um not only the electricity and turn on that can happen that which is like power and orgasmic force right when i say orgasmic it's not like climax it's just like this orgasmic life force that lives in us then all kinds of things start to open you know healing happens the alchemy happens and magnetism happens so more um opportunities more abundance with community and more abundance with money and um and also there's a sense of being in your power when you have that connection with your sex you know i have a history of multiple rapes in my teens and so this is why i went deep into the work around my sex is because of my own healing work that i needed to do and so i've seen what's possible when we are able to be in a new kind of intimate relationship with our sex versus that um that pushing away or disassociation or saying oh it's just something down there like it's not part of who <laughs> we are you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i know and there's so many parts yeah to it 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's part of the work too. Like when, when I work with people with money, women with money, it's also about connecting to your sex and your pussy. It's not, it's not separated, you know, it, it really is a part of it. And I think a lot of times people think money is this compartmentalized topic where it's just about like, you know, asking for asking, you know, getting more income or working with your debt. It's like, no, it's so much deeper than that. Because when we're connected to our the pussy of our sex, the power of our sex, then everything starts to expand. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the root chakra, as you know better than I, because <laughs> you work with it, is the chakra of both sex and money. So, um, you know, and I, th- I do think there is a reason for that, you know, having been there for a longest time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I we're mean the root sitting chakra. Sitting on it. <laughs> yeah, we're literally sitting on it. I yeah. just had a huge root chakra healing, which I totally, <laughs> totally relate. But like, yeah, if if we do not feel safe, because the root chakra is really about this sense of safety and security, um, and home and things like that. But like, if we're not able to feel safe in our bodies, which so many women are not feeling well, that we're way. Not. Yeah, we're not. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have been able to get to a place where I do with many, many years of deep diving alchemy work. But like, so it is possible. I think anything is possible. But like, um, if no, I meant, feel- I meant to say, I'm sorry to interrupt. I meant to say, uh, not feeling safe, not in the home, but in, you know, like, an unaccompanied woman at night, you know, mm. late at night in the dark. Yes. It's just by definition still not safe, you know. Absolutely. That's why I have be. my mace. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was referring to. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But like, I'm, I, when I say like, oh, I feel safe in my body, it's like, oh, there was a way that even when I would be by myself as a, as a sex, uh, uh, survive, a sexual trauma survivor, I still didn't feel safe. And there's so many women out there that feel that way, even if they're not in a, a compromising situation, you know? And so if we do not feel safe in our body and, and, and grounded in that root chakra energy, then yes, there's like a leakage of energy that happens and it's harder to receive because it's hard to receive when you don't feel safe. It's hard to have, you know, it's hard to um, hold all that goodness when we feel we don't deserve it, you know? Um, So that's so, it's so critical. Yeah. And you reclaimed, I mean, I think it's super admirable that you, you know, went through the own meditation program and kind of like reclaimed, you know, agency and, and comfort and a sense of like, you know, the sexual body is being, you know, the, the body that, that we're born with <laughs> and, you know, and endowed with, you know. Uh, and I, I mean, I love that part because um, I think it's fundamental to healing. You know, we live in such a kind of masculinized society where, the, you know, women as well as, you know, everybody else, you know, see ourselves in an objectified way. <laughs> you know, we objectify a relationship with our own body. You know, we see everything through the 
so-called male gaze, you know, we use a language in which the subject, you know, the I, is masculinized, you know. We, we are now in a moment where, like, our most natural functions are very medicalized. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, like, um, intervention, you know, that turns, like, wellness into the appearance of illness, yeah. So finding a way to to reclaim that, you know, and and going down what's considered, again, you know, taboo or, you know, uh, unclear. <laughs> yes, um, I went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> right. I think that that's the way to do it, you know, because that's where the truth lies, you know. Uh, we're kind of like the... the I don't want to say forbidden because that's such a simple word, but where the unspeakable is, you know, that's where the truth is. <laughs> yes, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And it really takes um, a, a radical uh, like oh, yeah. choices, you know, like being a radical person because to disrupt the status quo, you need to be radical in your own healing. And so, you know, I could be seen as an extremist from some people because of my radical ways, you know, I'm radic I radically forgive. I'm radically honest. I radically love like whatever it is I'm going, I'm going to go there because I want to see what's on the other side. You know, I already know what's on the side of suffering. I already know that very clearly from many, many, many years. Um, but I want to see what else is possible. And so I want to touch that truth. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, touch that truth. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's a metaphor, but... <laughs> I, was, I was going there too. I'm with you, Yuri. I'm... <laughs> yes. <laughs> the clit is like... <laughs> yeah, stroke, stroke that truth. <laughs> stroke the truth. The more you stroke, the well, it's interesting with orgasmic meditation, mm -hmm. part of that, um, the practice and the way they would teach it is that as we would OM, which is short for orgasmic meditation for people who don't know, um, the more you OM, the more you thaw, quote unquote, you know, the more, because there's um, so many women who are so frozen and locked up in their second chakra. And so that practice completely helped me to um, move <laughs> trauma through my body and thaw and soften because I was so hardened, you know, from this culture um, that we're talking about. I was so afraid. I wanted to hide. I gained 40 pounds after my first rape, you know, as a subconscious protective mechanism oh, yeah. from the oh, yeah. male gaze, right? Yeah. And so, like... We contract. Uh, We're always in a place of contraction, you know, because we need to contract in order to appear, appear masculine enough to be given a job, to be given like a place, you know, in whatever Congress, <laughs> to be given like a name and a voice that's not our father's or our husband's name, right? Um, so in order to kind of earn those rights, I think, you know, feminism is, you know, life-changing and conscious changing as it has been has kind of focused too much you know on getting women uh, the rights that men have by 
insisting that we're like men, <laughs> but we're not, you know. Exactly. They, they live on like a 24-hour base, you know, cycle. We live on a monthly cycle, you know. We're much more like, well, as you know, like watery and, you know, uh, inclusive and we're just not that, you know, regimented and structured and <laughs> orderly. We're wild. We are wild. We are. We like, run. We do run with the wolves. <laughs> yes, we do. And I feel like the more women can um, give themselves permission to um, tap into their messiness, you know, this wildness, um, their emotions that are wild, mm-hmm. be in approval of it, mm-hmm. then magic just starts to happen mm-hmm. from that place. Because then yeah, they're just landing into their true nature, like what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. And I think that the other thing that, you know, we must resist is, you know, the voice of the male authority, you know, that's always there. But if you can recognize it, you know, if you can uh, figure that out in a sense, you know, like language is not our friend, <laughs> you know, medicine is, you know, Western medicine or whatever you want to call it is not your friend, our friend. And I don't mean, I'm not talking about like vaccines and bullshit, you know, so I'm fully vaccinated. That's not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is that, you know, you're like 15, 17, 16, 19, 20, 28, you go to see your gynecologist for your appointment. And the first question is, what's your birth control? Like by by all means, you know, if you conceive, you're you're ruined. You're done because you're no longer a dude. You know, like so from from that, you know, like there's so much of that implanted bias, you know, and fear of the unpredictability and the lack of control that comes with the female, you know, body, the procreative capacity, and all of that, right? Um, you know, even menstruation, like, you know, now, like, birth control includes suppressing menstruation. So, like, we're getting further and further from understanding our, our, you know, actual nature, which is wild. You know, it's, it's lunar and it's, you know, it rises and subsides, right? It's wavy. <laughs> um, it has this, like, dance-like quality of, you know, Kali or, uh, it, it, understands, you know, birth and death, the, the hacks, you know, which is like the hacks of the algorithm <laughs> where, you know, <laughs> where one becomes two or three and then one is becomes zero. I mean, we're very comfortable with that, you know, and the masculinized system is not. So it all is presented to us as a kind of like, um, you know, contradiction, <laughs> you know, like a split, right? And because we're taught and trained intellectually and mentally by, by this specific system, we tend to compress and contract and oppress, you know, and camouflage all the, you know, like f- biological, uh, hormonal, you know, energetic <laughs> uh, qualities that, you know, that don't fit in that picture. So that's why we're always contracted and tight and like nervous and, you know, unsure of the boundaries. And, you know, that's what you were explaining. You know, you begin with like everything shut down. (laughs) Very shut down. Extremely. I couldn't feel. Like when I first started oming and they're stroking my clit, I couldn't feel. 
I was numb. And so many women are that. And they're like, oh, something wrong with me? No, this is just a a byproduct of what happens, you know, in this kind of culture. And I agree with you with this birth control. As an acupuncturist, I would work with many women who um, were on birth control and had all these symptoms. I'm not anti-birth control. I'm just, I I respect anybody's um, choice, but I personally don't, haven't put that in my body um, because I've seen what happens and people just do it just because they're told to without actually having critical thinking and doing inquiry and more importantly, asking their body if they actually want to receive it, you know, actually asking your body, do I want to have this in my body? Um, But yeah, I think what you're saying about this contraction, like the feminine is the most powerful force there is, right? So I'm a Taoist. My, my dad is a Taoist spiritual teacher, always, and he's my spiritual mentor. And um, he's always taught me about yin, which is the feminine, right? And how it's not that it's more important than the masculine because they work together. It's just that the masculine has been so in excess for so long that has taken over that the feminine was in a deficient space. And now I feel like what's happening in the collective people are starting to wake up and see how powerful the feminine is and what's required in my experience and how I guide women is to slow the fuck down. Oh yeah. Amen. (laughs) Slow down. Like, so, cause the masculine, um, is all about, um, force, um, and making it happen and um, doing it fast and all mental. And the feminine right, is right, just about right. feeling what is next? How do I feel now? And then what about now? Moment to moment, intuitively, right. you know? And yeah. so that in order to feel that intuition, you, can, you can't feel it unless you're going slow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. your intuition, you know, your first response is like your learned response, right? So usually, you know, unless you're extremely tuned into your intuition, usually you react out of like whatever, you know, fear dynamics or other dynamics, you know, uh, excitement dynamics, whatever you were taught, you know, by your parents who didn't know any better because they themselves were like totally oppressed. So, <laughs> yeah, yes. it's no one's, you know, it's no one's fault. We've all been in it together. But basically, yes. Yeah, slowing down and checking in and, you know, looking for your, you know, second response and, 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 you know, looking for your inner voice and what you're being led to do. If, if that can even be something that you can be, you know, conceive, um, because it's, it's really what we don't have a lexicon for, you know, again, it's back to like all the stuff that's unspeakable because what come, what's ours has never been really expressed, you know, because this language was created precisely to kind of make up, you know, for men's procreative disadvantage, I think, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it did so in a myriad ways, right? So, but, uh, I mean, there is just so much messaging, you know, whether it's like how you get paid by work or how you prioritize, you know, what matters to you, um, your life choices, you know, how you're valued and respected by those around you, all of that stacked against us, you know, uh, against the feminine. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, and also, you know, like even our, our time, you know, like again, back to procreation, you know, our, 
are you know are you know the 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 youth of the egg <laughs> um you know it lasts a very short time you know it it begins our the procreative like uh, function let's say becomes uh, a possibility before we're fully grown which is how you get raped young because you have you know your body is ready long before your you know your brain is fully formed and i think that's because we have so much fucking culture that it takes longer and longer for our brain to like fully form because there is more and more shit to learn you know <laughs> catch up on um so by the time you're fully grown which is like in your mid-20s you literally have like 10 to 20 years where, you know, you're procreatively um, optimal. 10, maybe 20, that's it, you know. And then you look at like the, the masculine, which is the norm in the world, and they can, you know, like ejaculate. It takes them a couple of seconds, it's unconscious, and they can do it into their 90s, potentially, right? So that's a very different cycle, and yet, we are stuck in that same cycle where it's like, well, in your 20s, you accumulate your credentials, you know, in your 30s, you build your career, which is what, you know, men should do. <laughs> but by the time, like, you know, the, you have also done it that way, it may be too late, and then you go to, like, the medical establishment and the chemists and the geneticists and whatnot, you know, trying to, again, find a way to have a child, uh, which would have been so much simpler and easier, you know, 20 years ago, but it made no sense. It just made no sense because, you know, like, you <laughs> there is no respect for being a mom. Like, you want to be a somebody, Right, so all of that, you know, and yeah, we have like, um, now we have options like freezing your eggs, you know, and but it's all a complication. It's like a medical complication and it's a cost. And, um, and it can be painful. Yeah, it's painful. And again, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's just a small example of how our culture is geared toward one functionality only. No matter what your gender, no matter what your appearance, has nothing to do with any of that. You know, you can be as gender nonconformist, uh, you know, gender queer as as you want, but you're still going to be in that basic masculinized system that we're all going by. Absolutely, a hundred percent, and that's why I was saying earlier about how it, you need to be radical because mm. it's just like all the forces. Mm. around the masculine energy, which again, I think is beautiful. I think masculine is amazing. It's not against masculine. It's the excess in the systems that's been created based off of that, you know, and how it's like completely out of balance. But like, yeah, it's such a force that we as women and men as any gender need to um, be willing to surrender within ourselves because it's like, yes, there's the aspect where we need to do social change, but I believe, and I don't know what you think about this, Yuri. Um, there's only so much that can happen in terms of change on the outside. If we don't do the work within ourselves, like I really believe that each person um, is being called to do their own inner work around tapping into their feminine, what, no matter what gender you are, because the feminine is the force. It is the most, it is the creative force. It is the power, you know? And um, 
Yeah. I'm really looking forward to like that kind of level of awakening over yeah. and over again. Yeah. 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 I mean, I do think, I think that what you said about radical applies to social change, that if there would be social change that would help us, it would have to be radical, much yes. more radical than the bullshit that we, uh, you know, uh, that's been discussed currently in the House and the Senate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which in fact, you know, uh, perpetuate a, an obsolete system. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that there is place for social change, but it would have to be, you know, um, kind of like a, a programming update. And, and in my opinion, it would uh, normalize and, and, you know, maybe even uh, monetize, you know, finance a different type of learning. So instead of just going to college to to get a degree, to start a career, you know, there would be like much more time to do the learning that you're talking about. Um, and also, you know, perhaps to go through our procreative work if we, you know, decide that we want to do that um, and, and, and understand, you know, the, the reality around us and how it could be changed. Because what happens currently is that the people who do find themselves in this space and who are really my audience, <laughs> you know, and my friends and my allies, um, many of them men, I agree with you, you know, we totally need the masculine for so much, you know, like strength, support, structure, so much, you know, systems, <laughs> estimates, logistics, please. Yes, <laughs> but, thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I know. Uh, thank you for all this stuff around me. But the point is, <laughs> yeah, the point is that even the people who do find themselves here, you know, can only can can really in their majority access it late at life, later in life. You know, when you have made some money, when you have earned some free, some free time, when you have paid your dues, you know, whether you know in relationship or uh, some other kind of like family setup or structure or made your choices and decisions. And then you open up, you know, time to look inward and, and look for balance, you know. But imagine like how radical it would be if we would do that when we're still growing up, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, right? I want to see that. Like, can we talk about money and healing and sex and all of the, the feminine in Grammar school. Generation Can you imagine? Of, yeah. A generation. I mean, we need the generation of difference. That's what we need. I mean, and by a generation, I mean a few generations, you know, where our education. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, I think that that's the only way to actually have like real change. Um, that's not at the individual level, you know, and until then we got to do the work. <laughs> with ourselves and you know our kids and our friends and you know our our tribe and support each other um you know and try and push it all forward i mean keep rolling with it yes absolutely and i think like you know platforms like this or you know all the women that i know that are doing amazing work it just keeps us inspired and uh reminding us what what the work needs to be done. Like I, I see so often um, in women that they are very intellectual. So this is the the masculine that has taken over so many women's bodies is okay. that 
they understand. And I was this woman too. So this is why I know this pattern so well. Uh-huh. Is that I always understood all of my issues. I could tell you my stuff inside, outside, backwards, why it happened. You know, I could totally tell you all my pathologies, etc. But I was still uh, depressed and not happy and suffering. It wasn't until I let myself work into the body until embodiment work when things started shifting with the alchemy you can't outthink <laughs> your your no. your your no. pain body it just lives in you it Mm-mm. like people don't realize how much is remembered how much the body remembers and stores you know and so just because you know things intellectually and are smart and can explain all the things doesn't mean shit you yeah. can still yeah like be completely miserable because it doesn't matter. It, it really yeah. all comes down to yeah. getting into the feminine. Yeah, yeah. And we're living in a moment like that, you know, where we are in our new cycle, <laughs> uh, in our national conversation, you know, in our zeitgeist confronted by the loss of like a centralized truth machine, right? And so, yeah, it's it's interesting that we are seeing that you can explain everything, you can turn everything around, you can reverse the reversal, you know, you can like pro- <laughs> project the projection, you know, <laughs> ad nauseum. Like, yes. there is really no end to how much of that kind of like intellectualization or, you know, linguistic justification and, you know, renaming and <laughs> we or can over processing over. Yeah, exactly. We can do, you know, and, and just keep ba- basically going back and forth doing this, you know, like uh, somersaults, you know, <laughs> uh, and of, you know what happens of meaning. Me? Yeah. What happens so often in that kind of scenario is that women start to think that it's not possible for me to heal because mm. they are in this cycle, which mm. is like a hamster wheel. Mm. Then they think, oh, it's not for me. I can't have it. Mm. And that's not true. It's just that what you've mm-hmm. been doing has been from the head up. What I joke around is that there's so many women here, which is they're like just floating heads. <laughs> you know, it's like a cut off the neck down. It's like they don't even know what's there. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so yeah. they just create this hamster wheel going and going, and yeah. yeah, it's painful, yeah, it is, yeah, and it's and they lose belief in themselves, yeah, it's true, yeah, yeah, and then you know, when the something happens with the body, the first re- response is, oh, disease, you know, meaning wrong, meaning fix it, you know, rather than you know, looking into it and learning from it and growing with it. It's like, uh, cut it out, you know, like, what's the antidote, you know? <laughs> exactly, it, fix me. Yeah, <laughs> give it me- medicine so I don't feel it or, you know, give it like an antidote or, you know. So, yeah, it's just um, the relationship with, the, you know, or like go on Google. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this kind of like deification of Google, you know, that's going on. It's surreal because it's like, hey, you know, Google is like an aggregate of what people have thought in patriarchy, right? Mostly guys, you know, have come up and written, guys with big ideas of themselves, how they've explained this and that and the other thing, right? Uh, guys with like degrees and, you know, I mean, and again, women, but women who speak in those in intellectualized ways, right? So when you get all of your wisdom 
and you're like, you know, answers <laughs> from that shit, you ignore like thousands of years of feminine knowledge and wisdom that was passed down, you know, mouth to mouth or even without words, like just by how, what, you know, what our uh, ancestors did, you know, in nature, how they dealt with things, how they heal things, you know, the, our relationship to like moon uh, and and water and herbs and you know so much you know the meridians <laughs> in in acupuncture you know this you know the the spots of the body the energy places and so all of that's not on google <laughs> <laughs> i know and then everybody thinks that they're a um, master at it cuz they yeah it, you know? i know they got like a freaking scientific name for it like <laughs> And they, so funny. Yeah, and they end up in, you know, ER for like something that's totally a normal reaction. And, you know, yeah. This brings up an interesting topic around consumerism because a mm. lot of times it's consumerism isn't just um, about like buying something. So when we talk about money, you know, it's like, are, what is your reason? Do you really, is it true that you want to buy it or are you just like buying it without any consciousness? But also, people are consuming so much information that many people who are in the self-development and healing, like what they're trying to heal, they're consuming, 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 but it's not being digested and integrated right. into their life and into their system. So they have all that knowledge again, but it's not like going deeper. Yeah. It's this thing you said, you know, slow down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you don't slow down, you don't give yourself time to actually understand the stuff that you've, you know, purchased. <laughs> you know, just like buying it is not uh, enough to to use it. You know, the work is in the using it. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and everything takes time. Like all knowledge takes time, you know, which is another one of these like um, falsities, falsehoods, you know, about Googlification. Like you are, you can't be an expert by Googling something. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can think you are, but yeah, yeah, you actually aren't. Knowledge yeah. takes so fucking long. I mean, it's experience. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like real life experiences, yeah. like really yeah. like allowing yourself to be fully yeah. um, surrendered into an experience yeah. and feeling it all the way through. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and remembering even. You know, like, as you were saying earlier, like, we definitely have, you know, a lot more memory data, you know, storage and stored in our brains that we don't access because we don't take the time to try and go back there and see what it is that in a similar situation or with an elder or, you know, somewhere in our in our time in this world, you know, what, what it is that the message that we received. So, and that takes time too. It's not yes. just like, you know, a quick, a quick fix. There's no quick fix, but. No, you know. exactly. That I think that's, that's the culture. Like you said, it's like, yeah, it's all about trying to fix everything. It's like, once we see it as something that doesn't need to be fixed and just needs to be seen and held and yeah. felt, yeah. then it naturally heals on its own. We don't That's have nice. to force and make it happen. Yeah. My yeah. dad taught me that, and I'm forever grateful for his wisdom because um, 
I was always trying to fix myself, you know, I wanted to just like have a certain outcome, which is very masculine based, right? I want to do this to get that, to get there. And instead, he just instilled this knowing that like, you just accept and embrace where you are in this moment, no matter if you're like enraged, you're sad and bawling or in your joy. Some people deny their joy as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or they don't want it to last. They're like, okay, <laughs> let me get out of here to something more familiar. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's deep. It's deep. Yeah. 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 It's deep uh, and it's worth it. <laughs> that's that's what, I mean, as a Scorpio, yeah. we, re- we reside in the bottom of the ocean. So um, I find, and I don't live there all the time because I'm very also light as well, but I feel like, from my experience, in order to have the transformation, you must be able to be, you must be courageous enough and willing to go into those deeper, unseen, unknown spaces that are, you know, we could, people call it shadow work, people call it darkness, but I, you know, it's, all it is, is just the unknown and people are terrified of the unknown by nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's not quite unknown. It's just unspoken, you know. It's like, un, you know, I think that deep down we know it and we're comfortable with it. We just have not, you know, like formally organized and embraced our knowledge, you know, our articulation of it. That's so true. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's living within us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got this. And that's why we're here. And that's why we keep, you know, continuing this conversation. So thank you for coming on the show, Paul. This was amazing. And I am happy that um, I had you. And uh, everybody out there, keep listening. And until next week, keep speaking sex. could make love incessantly, I would be God.